0: Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is Episode 9. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, as usual, I hope you are having a fantastic week. So I've just come back from a retreat this weekend, a really great time. It was with an amazing guy called Derek Mills. He's also known as the standards guy. He wrote the book called The 10 Second Philosophy. I highly recommend it. And, you know, it's it's lovely to get away for two or three days and just f- learn something about yourself that's going to help you grow and increase your version of what success is. And not only that, is what you also find in a lot of these retreats is you meet some truly amazing people. And the group, who was there? They were absolutely fantastic, and I'm sure I've made lifelong friends with the with the members who came to that event. So, and also the other cool thing is, is Derek has also agreed come on the show, come on the show as a guest. We are just planning with his team the best dates to do that. So that's really exciting too. So what I was thinking of is because I've given a few of my friends this book to read, and I have a spare copy. So competition time, the fanfares go. This is the first competition of the show, and I would like to set a task for you because you know that what I want you to do is is I would like you to send me to my email address, which is podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk, your definition of success as succinctly as possible. So I don't need war and peace. What I want you to do is is I want you to define what your level of success is because you will know if you've listened to the show, one of the fundamental keys, elements of Success IQ is understanding what success means to you. And quite often when I hear people's versions of success and when they do it right and when they tap into it, it excites me, it sometimes brings me to tears, but it's ultimately it's about you getting it out there and understanding it for yourself. So that is the competition. That is what you need to do to win a copy of this book, which is a truly fantastic book. And it will teach you a lot of things. Um, and what we'll do is we will we will release the winner in probably next month. So I'll give you a chance all to write it out. Um, and I will and then I will announce it on the show. So yeah, and also I think it's important is, is it's, it's important to identify that if you've been listening to the show, you'll hear that all of the guests have stated how important it is to learn, to get out there and, and, and spend time developing themselves. And that's very much um, a key philosophy of mine. And as you've heard, it's a key philosophy to an awful lot of guests. We don't always perhaps do it as much as we want but we purposely take time out every week to do it. And um, so I wish you all the greatest of luck for winning that book and also that all of the information will be there in the show notes as well. So today we have a truly amazing guest, someone I really admire in their because of their passion and because of their authenticity in how they teach. And it's I've got the great privilege to welcome Chris Marr, on the show is a good friend of mine we we haven't really known each other that long but there was something about him that just I was just I just said to myself I need to I need to meet that guy and, and know more and it's it's lovely when you meet someone and your instinct was right and he, he is a truly amazing guy so let's tell you a little bit about Chris before we get him on the show Chris Marr is a teacher, a student of content marketing. He's the founder and driving force behind the Content Marketing Academy, the UK's largest membership organization of its type. Chris is the leading voice of the growing content marketing movement in the UK. His pioneering work has helped countless organizations grow through content marketing. His drive comes from the desire to help people break free from the world of interruption marketing. Through workshops, events, coaching, and of course, a ton of freely available content, Chris has become a respected content marketing educator. So Chris, I just want to say welcome to the
1: show. Thanks very much, Jeff. I'm really, really pleased to be here. Thanks for inviting me on.
0: Oh no, it's an absolute pleasure, my friend. So Chris, give give our guests an opportunity to find out more about your entrepreneurial journey, how you decided to take on this adventure of entrepreneurship, and share with us your your experience in that
1: sure thing yeah absolutely happy to thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak about it and um, I think the the key thing for me is like winding the clock back not all the way back but maybe just back like four or five years For me I am um, I used to work for a company the University of St Andrews up on the east coast of Fife in Scotland beautiful place if you ever get the chance to visit there and I worked there for 10 years and I think I know that you're interested in the whole personal development journey, and I'm sure your audience are as well, Jeff, is that that's where it all kind of started for me. It was about in my mid-20s or so. I'm 35 now, so about 10 years ago. I started taking my role there just a little bit more seriously, started reading books about management and leadership, and around about that same time, social media and all of that kind of stuff was coming into its own, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all of that kind of stuff, and I started to kind of get a real interest in all of that. Um, and in order to advance my career, I decided to go to university. And because I was at the University of St. Andrews, it meant I could get a really good deal on my degree as well. So I decided to go to university part-time, started doing all this education, a lot of self-education in my spare time as well. And I started helping small businesses in my spare time um, just with their social media and their marketing. And I actually started to get a real sort of thirst for all of this stuff. And it was about two thousand all. There was a couple of trigger points along the way for me. It was about 2011. And that's when I left my job and went to university full time. And as soon as I left, my is funny, this funny thing happened. As soon as I left my job in 2011, mm-hmm. I realized a couple of things. One is that I was at university for kind of all the wrong reasons, uh, because obviously I was at university because I wanted to advance my career. But actually, when I left my job, I realized that I didn't want to work for anybody else anymore. Right. So it wasn't until that happened that I realized that I actually wanted to go on and do my own thing. So that was one big thing. And I read Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm sure a lot of people have read this book as well, and it, it was when it came out, 2009, 2010 time, I realised then that I never ever wanted to write another CV ever again, I wanted to get my own ideas out into the internet, I started a blog for example, and that's where I kind of got a real, a real understanding about how this world was changing around me, um, and everybody else was kind of like static, and I was like putting my... Ideas and all the things I was learning and all the leadership and management and customer service stuff I was really interested in, starting to put it out onto the web. And my idea, and the idea was that instead of me writing a CV to get a new job, how about someone that's looking for someone interesting would actually want to find me? And that was the whole idea behind this whole thing was that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk kind of preached that the CV is dead and um, the the world is changing. And I thought, well, why can't I be, you know, why can't I be part of that? And I actually got my first contract from that really rubbish first attempt at a WordPress website back in 2010, uh, sorry, 2011, and I went to university, did my degree, and it was through that whole process that I was on that kind of journey to understand, you know, what my passion was, what I was great at, what I really enjoyed doing, Um, and I, I set up a company called Learning Every Day, which was a general marketing company, I also started a music promotions company, I also got involved in some network marketing as well, I'm sure a lot of people listening have been involved in things like that too. And all of that, combination of all of that stuff, Jeff, long story short, is it all kind of, you know, all just came together. I started to figure out, you know, what I was interested in. And I gave myself permission for a couple of years to. to i never had a, I've never, not had a job really since 2011. I've never had been employed by someone else since, since I left my job. And the great thing is when I left my job, they gave me some money, which was good, which funded me through university, gave me um, that opportunity, I guess, to kind of. To kind of try a few different things, fail at some things, spend money on things, and try out different things. Go to conferences, meet new people, all of that stuff. So it's quite fortunate in that way to have a little bit of a buffer to allow me to do that. And then, um, you know, long, you know, fast forward the clock a little bit. Started I started a, a marketing company, and through that whole process, that's been about three and a half years now. I've been running this business. I changed the name, the website's changed, the branding's changed. I've completely changed our message in that whole time again still little by little and piece by piece over a period of time starting to figure out where my where my sort of expertise is or where my interests lie what it is that i really want to do and what am i building and just slowly but surely refining that over that period of time
0: yeah it's, it's amazing because you talk about sort of like the evolution don't you of your of your business or your personal brand or, or whatever it is. And it's quite often how you start off off on the business is as you develop and as you experience life and as you experience through business, quite often it does metamorphosis, metamorphosize, should I say into something bigger and greater
1: that you can get more behind it. That's right. So I guess my business went from being a general marketing company where I was helping small businesses and things like that, then we started doing some agency work, and I didn't like it. I employed some people, didn't really enjoy that so much. Even though in my previous job, I was an employer of over a hundred people, and and so on, and so on. It just yeah, you, you basically, uh, I think you, because you're running your own business, right? I think a lot of people fall into this trap. They they start their own business because they're good at something, a skill some description, right? They think they're good at it, so we'll start a new, we'll start a business. But then you realize actually running a business is not like having a job. It's a completely different, it's a completely different thing altogether. But the other thing as well is that people people forget is if you're not enjoying it, right? You, you built it, right? You've built this thing that you don't enjoy. So you, just as much as you built it, you can change it, right? And that's what I've always been so conscious of is that if I'm not enjoying something in my own business, it's me that created this. This is my fault. Therefore, it's my responsibility to change it. And I'm the only one that can do that. So over a course of like this three years or so, like I said, there's a case of me saying, am I enjoying this? Is this what I want to do? Is this, is this taking me to where I want to get to? And if the answer is no, or if I need to change something, I'll just do it. We'll just change it. We'll let clients go. We'll change the name of the business. We'll um, do whatever it takes, essentially, to make and build a business that I, that I truly want to be a part of
0: yeah and I think you bring up some great points I mean the first of all the first thing that sort of attracted me to go I want to get to know this guy more was the passion that you showed when you spoke at that expo up in Glasgow mm. um, on content marketing because you could see that you know I, one a, a, a friend a mutual friend of our Stefan Thomas he he kind of like was following you on Snapchat and all of this stuff was going on and then you showed up. And then it was just this amazing amount of passion that you had when you were talking about it. And that's something that is one of those immediate attractors to me because mm. I, for me, it's I've got to know people who I want to know more about the people that are passionate about what they do because yes. you see the glint. And I love seeing, I've talked about this on quite a few episodes, when you see the glint in their eye, you know, they are doing what they were put on this, for me anyway, they are doing what they were put on this planet to do. Yeah, and and they are allowing themselves to fully express themselves and develop themselves in order to mm-hmm. share their knowledge and their passions
1: with others. And that, yeah, that's I think a huge thing, totally key. I think I mean people talk about passion has been underrated or overrated and all the rest of it, and yeah. I think there's a case for you know both. I think you need passion to drive you because not everything you do is going to be something that you truly enjoy, but you have to do, yes. and it's the passion for the thing that you're trying to get to or want to work towards that will get you through all of that stuff you'll go to the extremes you'll read more books you'll listen to more podcasts you'll work harder you'll do more than someone who's less passionate about that thing probably yeah. and um, i think that's what drives you like you said i mean no attracts people to you as well nobody wants to hang around people who are miserable and negative no. all the time no. you know you want to hang around people who are excited and passionate about their thing that they do and if you can see that someone's got that then you're naturally attracted to people like that for some reason and it's not a, it's not a, it's not an act you talked about um seeing me you see someone like that and you they are doing the thing that they were put on that the planet to do Mm. and i think over time you start to figure that out so if you're in your business just now you don't feel like you've actually made got to that point yet you've got to keep you know you keep going until you get to that point where you feel like this is exactly what i'm supposed to be doing right now and it feels right and then you go all in on that thing because you cannot be like this. is one of the things I learned as well. Is like I learned it the hard way. Actually, um, is that you can't be someone else. The best thing you can do is be the best, per- best version of you. Um, and that was like a big lesson for me. Is like, well, why, why would you try to be like anyone else? Why not try and be really good at being you? Yeah. Right? Because nobody else can do that no. apart from you. And as soon as you start to be like someone else, you're really you're you're you're, you're lowering your capability or your potential of being yourself. And I think that as soon as you, like you said, you see someone—the glint in the eye, whatever it is—there's something there where that sort of it comes across as if that person is just doing the thing that they love so much, that they're really great at it, they believe in it, and they're passionate about it. Um, but they're they're all in on themselves. You yeah. know, that's that's the key.
0: Yeah, and you can tell you can tell from a my life when people aren't being authentic as much as people try to put like this facade on, you can, you know, those people that are more in tune maybe with their their own personal way of communication. You can tell when mm. someone isn't speaking the truth or their truth, should I say, not necessarily yeah, yeah. the truth, but their truth. Mm-hmm. One of the, um, the, the two other things you talked about is responsibility, which is something that I'm sort of always banging into my clients or when I'm speaking at events, I'm always talking about that. And it's, this the only person that can make really the change is is us you know Mm -hmm. it's it's ourselves and I think so many people quite often blame or are happy to blame because it's easier to blame other people Uh, but we've got to sort of take that and also the courage mixes in with that as well isn't it it's having the courage to do the change on a on a dime we can change the direction of where we want to go because it's our business and you know quite often it's just either one or two or a small team but it's that, it's that responsibility that's so important as well, isn't it?
1: It's, it's huge. I mean, I still I, I have problems with this daily. Like, I, I imagine that – see, I think everybody struggles with it, but mm. some people – and the, the key is, is people are able to recognize it faster and get over it quicker than others. So when you see people that look, like, super confident and huge amount of courage and they seem to just be so successful at everything and nothing seems to faze them, it's not that they don't have the same thoughts as you do – It's just that they're able to recognize it a lot faster and get over it a lot quicker than you are, like in seconds sometimes, right? So, but, and this is the the difference between running your own business and being employed somewhere is that, and in fact, in life in general, you should be looking at how you, like, what your responsibility is. Don't blame other people. And as soon as you do that, my dad taught me this. He said to me, um, there's people that are, stay children, um, for for the whole of their life, even in their sixties and seventies and eighties, is because they can't take responsibility for their own lives. And as soon as you start to take responsibility for the things that are happening around you, um, and and act upon it, then that's the day you become an adult, right? Mm-hmm. That, but people, pe- there's some people that have never become an adult in their whole life mm-hmm. because they're too busy blaming everybody else and everything else that they can't control. You can't control the weather, you can't control the politics, you can't control financial institutions you can't control all of this stuff mm. but you can there's certain things you can control and that's one thing that you can control is the environment that you're in the decisions you make or don't make um and that's all up to you so if something's happening in front of you there's a good there's a, there's a good chance that you can change it mm. and there's a good chance that you did something to make that happen as well so you need to take responsibility for those things and i think a lot of people do that whole thing facebook yeah. live recently yeah but yeah, but, yeah, but. um, I I
0: enjoyed that, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's like, yes, but, and it's like, well, actually, all you're doing there is you're you're putting that responsibility onto someone else, to something else. You're blaming something else for the situation that you're in. The best thing you can do in that situation is to take full responsibility for it. Like I said, I still struggle with some of this stuff myself, but it's there, it's in the front of my mind, and I'm constantly reminding myself that, you know, you've got to get over whatever that fear is that you have of something the only way it's going to change is if you do something about it. It's yeah. absolutely key, Jeff. I think it's a major thing, especially when you're in business yeah. for yourself. And if you're if you're working on your own as well, yeah. even if you've got a team, it could be a virtual team, hmm. um, and you're working you're effectively working on your own. That's when it can really stifle stifle you. Hmm. It could become a real uh, creative barrier as well. And you know, if you're running your own business, you need to be creative. You need to have ideas. You need to have thoughts. You need to have solutions to problems and challenges. And if you're constantly like using your brain power for things you're afraid of or problems you can't deal with um, and displacing responsibility, then you're not going to have time to grow your business and you're not going to be um, as creative as you need to be or on point as you need to be or have the energy that you need in order to grow and build your business. So I think that that kind of emphasizes the point of getting around yeah. people. You know, yeah. No, that we talk about a lot.
0: Yeah. And I mean, when I heard you talk, you were talking about content marketing and. Um, you have managed to create this amazing supportive community. And I mean, I've been part of communities online and offline for for many years. But what you have managed to create in realistically, not actually a, a huge amount of time, you mm-hmm. have created this amazing online community, the um, Content Marketing Academy. And when you talk about the content marketing, what do you think is the key because you know, an entrepreneur trying to get their information out or trying to promote something, what do you think are the key sort of three key areas that people need to con- concentrate on in order to help build that?
1: Okay, so yeah, it's a good question. I think there's there's a couple of key things. One is, and I'll just reflect on the conversations I have day to day. So it's mm. fairly general, but um, specific to content marketing. The number one thing. That I find is a key barrier to people actually creating great content and creating content that, that works, that, that, that builds trust, that gets customers, that builds their business, is that they don't understand what content marketing is, right? Mm. So that's the first thing. So the first thing you need to do is, if you're interested in this, is to figure out what it is, right? And a lot of people have a couple, there's a couple of big misconceptions. The first one is that they think content marketing is simply about marketing content. Yeah. So taking content and marketing it, or they think it's actually a blog or an infographic or a survey or a podcast or whatever. But actually, content marketing is not not the not the medium. It's not the actual piece of content that's content marketing. We talk about it as a philosophy. So it's actually the way that you go to market uh, go to market, or the way that you communicate in general. So for example, this podcast. Is a piece of content marketing, right? It's essentially you're not you're not selling anything. You're we're on here to help. We're here to add value. We're here to share a story. Hopefully, share something that's interesting or fun and valuable to people. That'll hopefully give people some thoughts, some ideas. um, Maybe push someone in the right direction or strike or, or spark up some debate about something. Yeah, that's you know that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a piece of content that adds value out there, right? And I guess the the second rolling into the second point, the biggest challenge we've got now is that there's a lot of it, right? There's, yeah. there's quite a lot of content out there. In fact, we're consuming more and more content every single day. And people are creating. Like you, in our pre-chat, you mentioned a guy who's trying to create 1,500 podcasts yeah. in three months, and I'm like, holy crap! Who's going to have the time to yeah. listen to all of that content? It's a ridiculous amount. It's a crazy amount of content from one single person, one single source, right, yeah. in a very short space of time. So this like creates this other issue is is like. Well, how do we get our content seen, right? So what's the key aspects of this? Right? One is you've got to understand your audience, right? Number one, who are you trying to communicate with? What are their biggest desires? What are their biggest anxieties? What are their biggest problems? How can you use your skills, your knowledge, your, your expertise to prevent, to create content, blogs, podcasts, videos, whatever it might be, to help them right now with that problem without selling to them, knowing that if you can create content that's going to help them and within that moment that they're in, that they will that'll will change their lives for them, right? That'll it'll, it'll make their lives better, right? That's one one aspect. So understand your audience, understand who it is that you're speaking to, put yourself in their shoes. The second thing is obviously creating um creating the best content in your niche as well. Right? So look at if you're if you're whatever industry you're in, look at what other people are doing. And the chances are that it's not very good. Right? They'll have probably created something that is, you know, mediocre at best, right? But you could probably create something better that's far more specific, either go deeper, but also understand that your content doesn't have to speak to every single person on the planet, right? This is the one thing that I realize with the Content Marketing Academy is that I don't want every single person that I ever meet to become a member of the Content Marketing Academy, right? I don't need every, like, you don't need every single client, for example. You only need a certain amount, a certain number. So when you get 100 readers of your blog or 100 subscribers, that's actually really great. That's an audience of 100. You don't need a 1,000 or 10,000. And if you're looking at the gurus out there like Pat Flynn and uh, Michael Hyatt and all that with all the hundreds of thousands of subscribers, that's great for them, fantastic, really successful people. But you don't need all of that. Right, understand that a niche is just is, has as much power um, as you possibly need it, uh, as you possibly need as well. So I think that that's key too. It's just not understanding uh, just who your audience is, but. Uh, being um, conscious of the niche that you're in as well, so really niching down. I think we had again on the pre-chat we talked about this too. Mm-hmm. it's just getting really specific with your audience too, and talking to a, a smallest group of people you possibly can. And I think that really that really in business, especially uh, for you for you working for yourself or if you've got your own small business, I think that really matters, especially with content single uh, or the smallest possible audience is is definitely a great strategy. So niching down. Yeah. So those are kind of like the key points I would yeah. say. And I think, like, the, the, to finalize that or to kind of like draw a line under that, I think the biggest thing is you've got to keep turning up. Yeah. You've got to be consistent, not just in your message, but in in turning up consistently with great content. So, I mean, it takes time. You've got to put that's the big number one excuse, Jeff, as you probably yeah, know. Yeah. Is that someone says, you know, I don't have the time to do podcasts, I don't have the time to write blog articles. I mean, I've got a business to run. I say, you know, if you're not spending, at least, you know, four to eight hours a week on your business, on your marketing, your sales, then you haven't got a business, you have got a, you you own a job. That's what you, you own a job, you went from having a job to owning a job, and the key thing there is that you need to make time in your schedule for your marketing, for creating blogs, like Jeff, you're creating your podcast just now, and I know you're batching a lot of this, there's ways to make yeah. it easier, yeah. and it doesn't have to take a huge amount of time, but the one thing I would say is it's fun, it's exciting, you're creating you're creating content and um, you know you're creating content that's going to help people yeah. you know that's 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 amazing right to put yeah. something into the world that's permanent that's there that you own that's going to help a lot of people so i think you, people need to see this content marketing as a as a way that is something that's a lot of fun and it's exciting not that it's uh, not not the other way around which is oh god I, I just don't have the time or oh god i've got to write a blog article this week it's like You've got to flip. You've got to change the story, right? Yeah. Um, and make it something that's fun and exciting, and it's a part of your. It's a how you build your business. It's part of your business. It's part of what you do every single week, and you enjoy. I know people today, right? That if you got in their way on the day for their like the Thursday for creating content, that they would they would they would hate you for for pretty much. Yeah. They would ban you from the office, right? Yeah. They'd say like. The is my content marketing day. Yeah. Do not disturb me with anything else because this is an important day for me. I love doing this. I enjoy it, and uh, although I run a totally, you know, I run it. I've got a business to run, but this is today is my content marketing day, and I, I love it. And I'm having lots and lots of fun with it, and it's growing my business. You know.
0: Yeah, and I think it, I think it put a, a sort of to add a footnote to that before we go to the second yes. sort of section of the show is I think is is when. That's what I realized is, is when I was doing mine, I spent most of my time working with my clients, but then you sit there and you go, but I want to, I use the word either turn it going pro or I want to play a bigger game. That's how I describe, because for me, it's all about the fun. And it wasn't until really sort of meeting you um, and looking at it and going, you know you put through the community like the the content challenge the um, the 90 day challenge yes and it was going, all right, okay if I'm wanting to do that with my business and I'm wanting to do this and and you know improve my game and level up or whatever you want to call it, I have to have more consistency. Yep. And, you know, I'm consistent when I see my clients. I have certain days when I work with clients at particular times. And, you know, I block that out because that is key, not only for obviously my business, but also I want to make sure I've got the right amount of time to spend with my clients. But then it's looking at that as if you're wanting to grow or if you're wanting to make a bigger impact, is you've got to, you've got to do this stuff. And, you know, it's, you've got to start somewhere. So you might as well do one video, but every week is far better than doing one video every six weeks because yes. it's, as you say, it's that continuous. And once I started to do that, and once I started to understand that, and when we, again, talked about the, we should record the pre-talk. And once <laughs> we talked about yeah. the pre-talk, we talked about how, you know, sometimes you can get distracted by that. But yep. as long as it's always about moving in the right direction with whatever content you are creating, that is still maximizing your your impact to what you can do, isn't it?
1: Yes, exactly. So like you've talked about a whole ton of stuff in there, Jeff, but it's all really, really important. Um, the consistency, like we talked about the 90-day challenge there, the consistency is so key in this whole thing, When, you, especially when you're just getting started. So if you're listening to this just now, listen to us talk about this stuff, and you're thinking about content and videos and blogs and all the rest of it, there's a whole set of reasons why you need to turn up every single week. And it's not just because you need to turn up every single week. It's There's a lot of things in there like um, the habit, um learning about the the type of content you need to create like if you turn up every single week for 14 or 15 weeks but yeah. right, you learn a lot about yourself in that period of time as well you've got to create all of that content and um, you you build a habit and then it builds it builds in tons of stuff you learn a whole bunch of stuff in there it's just so 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 important yeah, absolutely. Um, people, yeah i just think that it's absolutely key and like you said the whole thing about turning pro is realizing that actually your business needs this yeah. and we're in 2016 and if you're not creating content just now you don't exist no. That's facts. And you, will, you, will, you can build your business right now in other ways, right? You can. You can do it. You can do the advertising. You can do it the old school way. You can do it that way if you want to. But I tell you right now, you're missing out on a massive opportunity to build an amazing business by not thinking about this stuff that we're talking about today.
0: Yeah, no, brilliant. Thanks very much, Chris. Um, So unfortunately, I could talk to you about this all day, but we're going to skip to the second part, Mm -hmm. which is the question time. So what I'm going to do is ask you a series of questions that I ask every single guest who appears on the show. And just because I find it really interesting to find out these kind of of questions, I'm inquisitive about that sort of thing. So the first question is, how much time do you spend a month on self-development?
1: God, that's a, i've never been asked that before uh, a lot like every single day okay i've got books scattered everywhere around the house uh all my time if i any spare time i have is spent on learning yes. um, it has to be it absolutely has to be you learn i learn learning as fast as i can applying that learning as fast as i can completely differentiates you from other people yeah. like entirely
0: yeah and do you do you prefer reading or do you like audio books or do you mix or sort of video with online with all sorts of stuff yeah. just whatever yeah
1: so everything yeah like so yeah. videos podcasts books audio books learn from people like yourself jeff you know the conversations that i'm having meetings yeah. mastermind groups yeah. the community resources yeah. Yeah. everything learning is like the number one thing that yeah. every single business owner has to do is like you have to be part of something yeah. that helps you to learn
0: no that's brilliant that's brilliant and i think this is the, the, the reason why i asked that question is because i want people to understand that you have to invest time in yourself it's not it's, just a matter of let's start a business and everything's going to be yeah. great it's you are always going to have to develop some skill it might not yeah. be the core skill of your business but there's always some skill that you have to learn in order yeah. to move that business in the right direction
1: the, the thing is Jeff, just quickly on that is yeah. that see when you're part of a big organization, right? Yeah. Your, your learning is, or see when you leave school, right? Mm-hmm. At school, at school, your learning is directed. There's yeah. a curriculum, there's textbooks, someone's telling you what to do, when to do it, yeah. at what pace to do it on, and based on all of that, you get a test or an examination to tell you if you learned enough or not, right? That doesn't happen when you leave school. and get. A, sometimes it happens when you go into a, a bigger organization, but when you start your own business, your learning becomes self-directed yeah right and a lot of people stop learning when they leave school but that's actually when it starts and when you start your own business you can treat it as a you can treat it as a place where you're going to learn like for example in the last three and a half years I've learned a lot about myself and business and everything I've learned more in the last three years than I have in the last 15 probably but I put myself on that journey I realized that my learning is self-directed so I have to buy the books I have to go to the conferences. I have to speak to people I've never met before. And by doing all of that stuff, knowing that I'm learning something all the time, whether or not I'm going to use it or whether or not it becomes uh, you know part of my business or whatever, it's always feeding that in yeah. all the time. Yeah,
0: no, brilliant. Okay, so the next question is question two is, what is your favorite book and why? Now, it's in the mm-hmm. way of getting, you know, helping you grow, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a personal development book.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so... The number one book that I recommend all the time is War of Art. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, it's one of those books that just gave me a severe kick in the butt back in the day, and um, I think it's a fantastic book. So if you haven't read that, that's like the number one book to read. It's a self-development book, but it's a motivational yeah. book at the same time.
0: Yeah, and I would say the second one is Turning Pro, which is also by the same guy. Yeah, that exactly. that book was just unbelievable. It almost like I, I literally changed overnight. From reading yep. that book, it was that, brilliant.
1: So yeah, I read War of Art in the in the I got it given it to me as a gift. I read it the exact that in the next few hours I read it mm. and everything had changed for me at that point. Yeah,
0: yeah, really, really amazing book. Okay, so what is your favorite app? Uh, sorry, this is question three. What is your favorite app other than
1: Evernote? Just in case Evernote was going to be. Yeah. Uh, you know what, I use Slack every single day. Um, really? It's a fairly new app, I guess, on the market last couple of years or so. So Slack could have to be my most favourite. I've got tons of integrations going in there. I use it to communicate with my team. Yeah. I use it for a community. You know, yeah, Brilliant. so Slack. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Um, what was your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? Oh, geez, where do you start?
1: I failed. I, I, <laughs> Just one. Feel <laughs> fail every day. Failed, yeah. I'm failing forward all the time. Biggest mistake? Yeah. Um oh right okay so my biggest mistake was in involving my mum in my business number one (laughs) Okay. And, I'm not, and I don't mean it because of my mum. Essentially, yeah. what I did was, very long story short, um, I asked my mum to come and help me with my books, to process my accounts and all the rest of it. But actually, what I should have done was employed a bookkeeper from day one. Right, yeah. when I had an accountant and I had all the software, mm. but I wasn't managing it effectively. Someone has the skills required to do the job correctly. Yeah. I did it in a way that I felt like would be... I don't know if I was trying to do it cheaper. Mm. I don't think I was trying to do it in a cheap way, but I was trying to do it in a more... Uh, But maybe that's what it was. But essentially what I'm saying is that's the biggest mistake that I made. um, And essentially the lesson is if you're going to do something, do it right. Get the right people. If you get the right people with the right skills, um, even though it might feel like you're uh, quite expensive at the time, Mm. you're doing your business a favour.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Question number five is what are your challenges in balancing work and life?
1: This is a daily by the minute challenge okay, yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no answer to this i don't think i think the yeah. answer is in the planning you've got to be you've got to plan things out yeah. and be prepared make sure you've got your schedule in place but also get the people around you mm. on the same page as you yeah. uh, or get no not on the same page as you but be on the same page everybody's on the same page understanding yeah. what each, each of us want out of each day yeah. and making sure that we support each other that's the key um but sometimes it goes wrong like today for example every call i've had this morning's been late because i started off late Um, And sometimes you just you've just got to write a day off, you know, and start the new day, uh, start a new day afresh. So I think it's a constant battle. And if you read The War of Art, you'll understand exactly what.
0: No, fantastic. Good advice there. Okay, so question six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you'd had when starting out?
1: Oh, Oh, that's a really good question. You know what? I think you just got to believe in yourself, right? Well, number one thing is just believe in yourself because there's hundreds and thousands and millions of people who have done what you're about to do and they did all right. Um, and I think the one thing that I see that stops people moving forward is their own self-belief and confidence in themselves. And I think if you don't have that, everything else will go slower for you and it won't be as enjoyable and you'll be worrying and you'll be afraid. Go all in on you. Make sure you do everything for yourself first, money first, profit first, um, and make sure you bag the right clients from day one. I think that's the key. For me, that would be the advice I'd give myself. Fantastic. Okay. So the final question is, is the life lesson question. So
0: as usual, I ask my guests to pick a number between 1 and 50, and the numbers correlate to a lesson that I have learned in my own life. And we just have a couple of minutes just to discuss that lesson, if it either has happened okay. in your life, or whether you agree or disagree with it. It doesn't matter. So okay. what number between 1 and 50 would you like? Let's go for 22. Oh, do you know that's weird? I was just looking at that one. Okay, it's the <laughs> power of journaling.
1: The power of journaling, right, okay, um, good.
0: Basically, what I have found is is that when I either when I've spoken to successful people, they always have this little notebook next to them, or there's the, the, there's always something that they're, they're, they're taking notes on. But also what I found is it was amazingly useful to write down and record the my journey, my thoughts, mm-hmm. what was going on at the time, so I can use that to reflect and learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering what you think about journaling.
1: I think it's a great idea. I think that I'm not – I don't do it, but I okay. have done it in the past, and it's something that's always kind of there or thereabouts, and I do – I do my own version of it. It's definitely not a daily journal, but I've blogged for six, seven years now. Mm. And I always, 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 I've got my notepad in front of me right now. I always writing stuff down and it's not very well organized. I wouldn't have said as a, as far as journaling is concerned, but I definitely believe in the process of writing your thoughts down um, on paper or into a notebook of some description um i think that it helps everything like getting your ideas out onto paper and you go back through that a journal like a system having a journal system like i remember the benefits i had was being able to look back through it in a systematic way like it was dated and there were specific questions and um i did i definitely believe in it and i think it's a great thing when people tell me they do it every single day and they've done it for years i'm like that's a massive achievement Mm -hmm. to be able to do that and document your journey i'm not very habitual like that no i definitely haven't like i cannot be anywhere even though i'm a digital nomad i uh, i still have a moleskin and a pen always like always
0: yeah and it's sometimes it's that it's that ability because sometimes you know you can be well you know um you can be so creative that you have so many different ideas it i find it just a great way to curb it slightly to mm-hmm. sort of write it down and go okay I've, I've recorded it i i know what i need to do but i yeah. i can't actually put the time and effort into it now Yes. I'm gonna to have to revisit that. So because yeah. quite often we have these, you know, um, you know, million dollar ideas that we forget because mm-hmm. we've just been lost in the process of doing something yeah. else. And it's just that sort of way to do it. So it was just to really yeah. find out what the if you find any any benefit yeah. in it or not.
1: Journaling I think is important. I think like even even at a basic level of writing down your ideas is yes. is really important. Yeah. So even just like taking time out every day to just say like, well, what happened today and yeah. what ideas that I come up with and being able to qualify those ideas. Even if you don't do anything with the ideas, the fact that you're writing them down
0: mm.
1: is actually a good, is a good process in itself.
0: Yeah. And for me, it's, is I don't necessarily um, mean it from the point of view of a, a structure. I mean, I use the bullet journaling system just because wow. I find it very simple. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I kind of like, I just like simplicity
1: but it's, oh, I think it's, if it's simpler, you more no yeah. chance of actually doing it if it's simple.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's also it's. I don't sort of. I mean, when I first started this, and when I was told by my um, my counsellor to do this, it was. Um, I was like, hang on, did, I thought teenage girls only did this because yeah. you know it's like <laughs> that's what I used to do with my sisters is try and find it. So I have yeah. evidence to have a, emotional abuse them to yes. <laughs> to <laughs> them, but it's it is a very cathartic thing. I found just taking those times just to sort of do that. So um right, well we've come to the the end of the um of the show and I'd just like to give everyone an opportunity to to find out more about how people can get hold of you and and um your sort of the links and email and stuff.
1: Sure, yeah yeah the best place to get a hold of me if you've got any questions about anything we've covered today, content marketing, I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with anyone really, um, is on Twitter at Chrismar101 you can Grab me on Twitter. In fact, any platform, Instagram, wherever Snapchat's always Chris Mar101, if you're looking for me.
0: Brilliant. And we'll I'll put all of your um all the important links on the show notes as well so people can get hold of you. Chris, thank you very much. Um I also just want to say um if any of you want to have a look at the Content Marketing Academy, it is a fantastic, phenomenal platform. I am not an affiliate. In any yeah. of form. but it is absolutely brilliant it's been one of the best investments i've done this year um and it's uh definitely something to have a look at chris thanks very much for taking the time out thanks jeff it was my pleasure brilliant. thank you you look after yourself you too so, If you've got something useful on the show, please hop over to iTunes, leave a review and a ratings. It helps um, my impact with the show in spreading the message. It also is a great way to help my increase my influence so I can help more people, which is a mission of mine, as you know. If you have any questions or perhaps suggestions of topics that you would like to be covered on the show, please email podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk. You can go to my website, which is www.jeffnicholson.co.uk, where you can find more information about me, the services I offer, but also my social media links, generally i'm under jeff nicholson uk or on twitter it's gn coach and also you can hop over to facebook and search for success iq podcast and you we have just started a facebook page up for the show as well so it'd be lovely to see you there as well so i just want to take this time to wish you an amazing week and also wish you the greatest success take care